Hello and welcome everybody to the VGC Trainer School Podcast, where we focus on the competitive side of Pokemon. Whether you are a ladder scholar or newcomer to VGC, we will help you learn. Class is in is session. session. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you everybody for, for tuning in. Um, I am Jake, of course. I have with me Tony and Spicer returning to the podcast, also returning from San Diego. Um, I suppose, though, Tony, you live there, so it's not necessarily returning, but um, <laughs> thank you both for, for coming on. So, Tony, how's it going? What's up with you? Accepting my defeat, so that's cool. Uh, just been just been playing around with Series 2. Like, I don't see a point in me doing Series 1 right now because I'm not going to Orlando. Is Orlando the next one? You know, whatever. I'm not going to the next one. I'm not Liverpool. going into, like, Liverpool, Liverpool is where it's will be senior series one. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not going to England. Is that England? It is. Okay. <laughs> I'm on the yeah. Beatles, man. <laughs> so I'm not going there. So, I, you know, I'm not going until May. So I, I'm just playing with series two right now. So that's fun. Very cool. Very cool. And of course, Spicer, uh, welcome as well. Welcome back. How's it going? What's up with you? Howdy. I'm doing pretty good. Thanks. I'm, also recovering from my brutal defeat at San Diego. And uh, yeah, and I also want, I really wanted to say that class session thing. I'm sorry. I've just always wanted to. No problem. Well, just let me know ahead of time and I'll, uh, I'll let you, I'll let you give the, the, the punchy last line oh, um, of, the, of the intro. Uh, but cool. No, uh, thank you guys both for, for joining. For me, I mean, obviously, I didn't, you know, do the regional or anything like that. So the only thing in Pokemon I've been doing recently is just kind of like you, Tony. I've been doing some Series 2 stuff, just sort of like theory crafting on Showdown with Fluttermane is what I've been working with. Even though I have Violet, I just, you know, I picked up a Fluttermane through a trade. And I was like, you know, I could turn this into something. Um, I've also been doing a little shiny hunting here and there. So that's been cool. I also did pick up a turbo controller recently, which has been fantastic, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically the same exact functionality as a regular controller, but allows you to have this turbo function, which just inputs the same button over and over and over again. So I've just been running through the Ace Academy tournament with a Chi Yu that's just dark pulsing everything. And I basically rack up like a million polka dollars every 40 minutes to an hour. And uh, that's been a lot of fun to buy a ton of vitamins and bottle caps and whatnot. So I think uh, people who fun. were uh, playing GameCube but couldn't get an actual GameCube controller should know what a turbo button is. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. And by the way, also, um, I am still in the Series 1 mode because I am doing the uspa league so, that's right what what's uh what is uspa uh what's the united united states pokemon association it's like uh the biggest online league basically and i'm on the uh nevada team the las vegas masqueraders and uh hopefully we do good and if we don't hopefully we have a good time that's my motto for everything pokemon lately very kind cool. Very cool. Kind of wish I would have, could have, or would have signed up for that. I think I just ignored it when you told me about it. But it sounds fun. I yeah, like most things I tell you. 
Cool. All right. Well, uh, I'm very excited to uh, to get into what we have here today. I wanted to both have you on, talk about San Diego, and then also, of course, stuff moving forward now that that has finished. So uh, we do have some news for you all to get into first, then we'll do our San Diego recap, and then looking forward how the meta we think is going to shift for the remaining days of Series 1 so let's jump into it as we move over to the news. Spicer, do you want to handle these first two? Sure. So patch version 1.2 set to launch late February of feature bug fixes and in quotes, added functionality, Ooh, which could mean anything and is all we have to speculate on at the time. Uh, yeah, the specifics are not clear, and uh, we all know that there's a lot of things that we would appreciate uh, having changed or fixed without having to dive into that. Uh, I, for one, am hoping they can have a battle box system that allows us to have closed team sheets tournaments if we wanted to. Uh, maybe we would just reveal Terratype. Uh, it's not totally necessary because I've actually come around to really enjoying open team sheets. Certainly different, and I have had to make big changes in my play style as I learned the hard way in San Diego. But uh, I think that open team sheet is uh, it's a lot more fun than I thought it was and definitely skill intensive. Anyway, second piece of news I got here for you is Pokemon Home Mobile updates come in and early February, and we'll show ranked battle data for Scarlet and Violet. No update on home Pokemon transfers yet, which is what we were all hoping this announcement was for. We will be sure to cover home transfers once they happen. As a meta, we'll undoubtedly have some changes. Very cool. Yeah, I think in the past we've touched on some stuff that we may want to see come in, some like the Legends Arceus uh, Pokemon and whatnot. Uh, you sort of you mentioned something that like you'd want to see added with the with the bug fixes and the added functionality. I think that's a that, that's an interesting point for me. I'd want to see because of like practicing in series two. I've been watching some content creators play just on the casual ladder since paradox mons are allowed allowed there. It is unfair that the ranked ladder is stuck with the same ridiculous stadium field with the same 12 NPCs. I guess technically the same 11 NPCs since the one grandmother is copied twice. <laughs> I want to be able to battle on the beach or battle Wait, in the The stadium. casual matches have the other stadiums? Yes. What? Yes, it, it rotates. It's it's way it's way more diverse. It's not just the same one over and over again. Isn't that I don't crazy? believe you. I don't I'm believe serious. you at all. Yeah. I don't know how I could handle not having that grandma there. She really is my biggest cheerleader, and I owe her everything. <laughs> uh, Tony, what would you want to have changed or, like, your added functionality? Something small, something that would be, like, you know, a bug fix, not necessarily like a full DLC. Um, I guess one would be online. Everyone wants online fixed, right? But I think mm -hmm. it's the opposite of Spicer, I'd want to see uh, open team sheet on ranked instead oh, so like yeah. like you know if you could see the six that they possibly have you might as well be able to see the open team sheet right like i, I don't see considered that yeah like you, they might as well be accommodating to the what you're playing ranked for you know no one's 
I don't think like some people play ranked for casual purposes, but I, I still think you might as well have open team sheet. Like Showdown did it. Why can't you guys? I'm switching over to your team on that. I I would be interested to see how they could do that because if you look at the the team preview the opponent's team, it does have a space on the right side next to their Pokemon where the items typically would be. So I could see them putting in like even just Terra types in there or something like that. I think that it might be a little difficult with them doing the full open team sheet just because the benefit of Showdown is you do have the mouse and keyboard. So you can like move around a lot more as opposed to battling with a timer and looking at open team sheet using your controller and joystick to go back and forth might be a little cumbersome. But if that's what they're going to be doing for, for competition, I wouldn't be surprised if they at least let you see items and or Terra types or something like that. Yeah, speaking of which, all you people on Pokemon Showdown ladder who are not clicking that open team sheet button, come on. Like, be brave. Come on. Yes, that is that is actually a piece of news here that I forgot to add because you're right. Showdown has now added the uh, the ability to show open team sheet, and I think it's awesome that they can do that. And you can look and see items and moves and stuff. And if someone says no, that's it. <laughs> you just can't see it anymore. I, I've seen people actually click rejected and it's just like i understand if you don't see it because like i play on mobile so i don't like sometimes i'm not checking the chat and i'm just like whatever i'm just gonna play but then it's like you see someone go out of their way to click rejected and it's just (laughs) it feels dirty like oh like do you have something do you are you are you trying to trying to hide something from me thought we were close i just type in i just type in the chat i'm like uh, OTS BO3 question mark and they just ghost me. I did see a, a tweet from Moxie Boosted that I thought was funny. He, uh, they put a Wug Trio on their team and said that they played like six or ten matches or something and every single person clicked accept on open team sheet just so they could see what that Wug Trio was doing. <laughs> Alright, well let's move on to this the, the next next bit of news here. So, Tony, you want to take these next two? Yeah. So uh, the next seven-star raid has been partially announced. So all we got is like, oh, hey, it's a seven-star raid and it's a Terra Poison. Definitely leaving speculation where a lot of people are going to are assuming it's Greninja because that makes sense. But, you know, uh, a good point would also be like, oh, maybe it's Garganackle just because of the San Diego Regionals. And that runs January 27th through the 30th, and then we'll be returning February 10th through the 13th. Most likely, this will not be allowed in VGC Forever Series 2, but, you know, it'll be, it should be fun. I, I enjoy these seven-star raids, coming up with something that works, you know, some sort of strategy or whatnot. Um, sometimes playing online with it can be difficult if people don't know what they should be doing, but overall, I think they're fun. I, I would like to see uh, Cinderace and Charizard both being used because I don't think they're as good as they were. Like, I don't I don't think they have the same impact. So it's like, why not? Like, I'm still surprised Quagsire, Perserker, and uh, I don't even remember the third one are, aren't legal right now, though. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. like, why not? 
Yeah, I don't think Berserker is going to break the meta or Quagsire. I mean, Steely Spirit with Make It Rain sounds pretty fun, personally. Oh, God, just kidding. Don't keep that away. So the next piece, which is probably the most exciting for me, after San Diego Regionals, they announced that they were going to do another West Coast Regionals at the very end in June. And they finally decided the spot, which is actually Fresno. So Fresno, California will be the June regionals. And that's cool for me because like the first one was Utah, Salt Lake City, and that was for TCG only. Now it's, and then it was San Diego, then it goes to Vancouver, and then Portland in May. And it was like, oh, well, what we already kind of missed one. So it's kind of nice to see, oh, Fresno's getting one. It's like, oh, that's not that far. So for me, I like it. I like it. Yeah, I was probably not gonna go to another regional for a minute just because they were all a little far from me but fresno i think i could do it it's gonna be like an eight hour drive and i will probably force myself through that there was such a great turnout for san diego i'm sure it made it easy for them to just say oh let's do another one on the west coast because there's clearly a large group of people that want to participate so that's fun um, my favorite part right now is uh, San Diego was the biggest regionals, and then now it's like Orlando's now the biggest regionals. And I, it's like I was excited the first time, and it's like now I'm just gonna. I'm assuming the next one's gonna be even bigger, like maybe the like major cities. So, I I, I thought that was interesting. VGC's blowing up. VGC's on the rise. About to be an esport, like a real one. But cool. All right. And this last bit of news here is just that, as we sort of talked about before, Series 1 comes to a close at the end of January, but that is certainly not stopping people from creating a bunch of Series 2 tournaments that are popping up everywhere. There is actually one massive tournament that's happening right now is being put on by uh, Nino Poker Bros. They are very popular in the scene with creating tournaments. Um, it's happening as we record so while series one is currently still the official ranked format for the next couple of weeks as well as at liverpool series two with its paradox pokemon will be here at the beginning of february and will be the format for orlando so yeah we'll be definitely be covering the tournaments as they happen as they are grassroots things but people are looking to get practice for series two and that's going to be a great way to see what the what the meta is doing and what people are bringing and how they're creating the teams. So, uh, but cool. All right. Let's shift gears to the topic at hand. And that is just to recap on San Diego, both from you two going and how you performed and everything, but also looking forward at what the meta is going to look like. So I'm very excited to see how the next 17 days, I suppose, are going to play out for uh for for that so uh first off you know again kudos to you both for for going for competing uh for putting your you know money where your mouth is and going out to san the san diego regional um so sort of just like leading up to it and everything what was your preparation like um what was your what were your thoughts your feelings like basically up to the point of you actually getting there at the event what was going through your mind? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start here by saying that I really didn't prep, which was my great downfall. 
that I think anybody could perceive they didn't prep, but that was because I was, I had some personal things come up and then I really had to grind out some moolah for my trip because the holidays hit me. But otherwise, yeah, I got to say that I, that I didn't prep and it was my downfall. And I would recommend anybody going to a regional to practice uh, at least more than one set. Let me tell you from experience. Yeah, no, uh, prepping for me was the opposite. I think I over prepped. Like I was trying out so many different teams and I, I just couldn't pick one, you know, and then I put two of them together. I was, I was recommended to do Sandozo and I was like, no, I'm not going to do Sandozo. I'm going to do like gold dango with Tyranitar because I want to call it golden sand. And, you know, it, it definitely did not work out as planned. And better than a rain team with Golingo. You know what? That that actually works, I think, in the long run. No, it does. It does, but I just, you know, you you might call it something else. That's all. Yeah, I'd probably suggest prepping a little bit. Might be might be ideal. So then, like, okay, so so leading up to it, how did you settle on the team that you were going to bring? Well, for me, yeah, I did, I just put two of them together. I'm not even going to lie, like. I what my problem was was I couldn't I can't position Dondozo, and I think I was running Goldango before, and I was like, oh, I was doing all right with Goldango, so I and I was doing good with the sand portion, so I just put the two together, and I was just like, you know, taking uh, Oldermans like Furigraph just because I love it, and I don't care what anyone says, I'm bringing it with me on every team I make. And uh, I, I I decided to bring Fire Tauros because we used to use we we were running Water Tauros really early on before like during speculation. So I was just like, oh well, might as well run Fire because I really need uh, annihilate counters. And Will O Wisp was one of my counters to that. If they weren't, if they didn't waste their Terra on Mousehold, or if they didn't, uh, or if they were Water Terra. Honestly, the fire Tauros I'm happy with. It's just I I learned later I can't position Goldango either, but we could get to that later. And and Spicer, how did you you brought Disquick, right? How did you uh, settle on that? Well, I said that I would do it on this podcast, and then I was like, "This is horrible. This is an awful idea. I shouldn't do it." But I already said I was gonna, so I blame you, Jake. Me? Why? You, you're the host of this podcast. True, true. I uh, and I'm very happy to know that I have that much influence. That's uh, it's gonna go straight to my head. I just want you to know that. I just want you all to know that I'm a man of my word, even if my word makes me go three seven in, in San Diego. Well, you know, at least you got the three. That's 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 good, but. Um, I think that's that's sort of a, a good sort of jumping off point. So you're so you're both there. You're you know you're ready to to get going, excited and whatnot. So what was the vibe of the regional? Because I've heard that internationals or like the, like the national tournaments are more of a spectacle, whereas the regionals are a little bit more of just like it's just a bunch of people that are there to to play. Was there still the production value that you might see from like a nationals? Like did it feel that way? I, the, the the thing that I thought was cool, I didn't see this in Anaheim, but that was years ago, was that they had stages set. So like 
for when you're being streamed, it was kind of cool. Like I remember back then it was like a big screen TV in a corner and that was your streaming of like people playing the DS. But on this one, it had like four stages, I think. It was Unite. No, it wasn't Unite. Unite had a weird thing. It was just like a screen, I think, of uh, people playing. But then it was like you saw Pogo. So Pokemon Go was like they had their own stage. Uh, TCG had their own stage. And then VGC had their own stage. And then you had like the, the announcers and commentators like. But yeah, you, you saw the four stages, which was kind of, which was pretty cool. Uh, you know, there was a Pikachu wearing the COVID mask. So that was interesting. And yeah, it, I thought it was like pretty nice looking. Yeah, that was cute. I, I want to say real quick that one of the highlights of my experience was meeting Cybertron. And I also forced him to take a selfie with me. I'm very sorry, but I couldn't miss out. And I also want to say that he's actually, he's a really cool guy. He was like, hey, what's your name and where are you from and stuff? And I was like, oh my God, he's talking to me. That's so cool. That's that's awesome. Um, and like we saw the picture. It looked it looked really good. Uh, that's uh, that's a neat memory for sure. What were some of the uh, or some of like the more memorable matches that you guys had? Let me start. <laughs> because Shinobi probably has better more matches that are memorable than me. Anyways, um, for me, the matches I remember most are the ones that made me rage the most. I don't know what that really says about me, but I do remember getting hit by a make it rain crit that turned around a game three that I was about to win. And I also remember getting my Garchomp lead crit or no flinched by two Lycanroc leads, like sand leads, obviously. And uh, that was uh, that was it for those sets. Just uh, one of those one of those lichen rocks belonged to Anthony Cornejo. <clears throat> I'm gonna stop you right there. I've heard that name. Didn't Don't they appear you? on uh, no. some like like the winning teams report or something? How about how about you stop it? But yeah, so the last one was me. By the way, I flinched him, but he threw. I will say that he threw. Okay, I panicked. I'll be honest. Sometimes that timer, man, it gets to me. I see those seconds counting down, and I'm like, discharge myself? Yes. I think the best part was when we realized that we were sitting next to each other and, like, sitting across, and we were just like, ah, you know. We decided to, like, kind of mess with everyone. And the first thing I told him, there was, like, no context, and nobody said anything to each other yet. We'd even say hi. We just sat down, and I told him, fuck you i don't like your face and everyone just kind of stared at us like what the what's going on he's like yeah fuck this guy <laughs> the people next to us were just like uh and he's like i promise we know each other we're like yeah yeah sure i believe you that's ah, we're gonna censor that this is a family friendly podcast i want you to know and then i also flipped him off with both hands and everybody was shocked the judge just walked so. by. The judge just walked by like whatever. No, I looked both ways to make sure there were no judges. There's one that walked by right after. I swear to you, they did. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. All right, just cut this all out. No, this is part of the experience. This is really what happened. True. And then, true. And then some guy was like 
sitting next to us who got a buy, and he was kind of commentating while we were playing. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, it was cool. But yeah, Tony, go ahead. Uh, talk about your experience. Because you you did play the, the champion in your first round, which is really kind of cool. So yeah, my first match was pretty cool because it was with GSOC. And uh, sorry if I butchered his name. But yeah, the, the, the best part, I think he was one of my favorite matches too, just because the best part about his team was there was no gimmicks. It wasn't like, oh, it wasn't a trick room team. It wasn't a tailwind. It wasn't golden wind. It wasn't, you know, a Don Dozo team or sand, anything like that. It was actually just a, it was a basic team. It was very simple. You know, I, I played game one very defensively. I wanted to scout his team. Like we talked a little bit. We were like, oh, hey, you know, like how long you been doing this? Oh, you know, like, oh, is this your first time? Like stuff like that. Uh, he told me it was, but I think I might have misinterpreted like what he meant because maybe it was like his first regionals here. I don't know. But yeah, so uh, it, it was definitely interesting because I went in super defensively in the beginning. And with the open team sheet, it really kept messing with me. So like game one, I think I led Murkrow and Tauros and he led Mimikyu and uh, Mimikyu and Baxcalibur. And turn one, like he Terra Water, Baxcalibur, you know, what like he did Icicle Spear on my Murkrow and he was like playing defensively with the Mimikyu. And then um, later on, he just demolished me and I had nothing I could do. And I was like, all right, game one was like a throw, you know, game two, hopefully I come back. And um, game two, I, I, I think I played more aggressive. Uh, he led Mimikyu and Garganackle. And with open team sheet, you know, knowing that he had wide guard and uh, I was leading sand. So I was, I led Lycanroc and Tarantar and I was like, oh, I can't, I can't rock slide the whole time. I kept telling myself, oh, I can't rock slide. He's just going to wide guard. He's just going to wide guard. And the whole time he did not click wide guard once, which blew my mind. And I was just like, I could have literally just kept hitting rock slide right now and nothing, you know, you wouldn't have, you would you would have been hit. And um, the open team sheet really messed with my head. But he danced around my whole team, you know, just with the Garganackle, the poison Garganackle that blew my mind. Cause I think it was like at the end of game two, it was my Lycanroc versus his poison Garganackle. And uh, I was hoping to get the Endeavor off, but like it, it didn't go down. It, it just, he demolished me. And I was just like, oh. So game one was the loss. And it was like a, a really tough loss just because of how easily I feel like I got walked on. So I lost like the next couple games and then I ran into Spicer and that was my first win. Sorry, Spicer. I was your first. That that makes me feel better. The, the fact that out of 650 people, you, you are the person I play and you're my first win. It's like bittersweet. <laughs> Like, I did not want it to be you, but it had to be. And at least we knew one of us were going to get a win. It was meant to be. <laughs> it was meant to be. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. That was like, after playing Spicer, that's when I started going on like a little win streak here and there. Like, I, I, I'm not going to say that like, oh, these were super insane, like meta teams. No, I fought like uh, really weird teams. 
like the next game i was a it was like a fluffy uh houndstone and then the game after that like after because you know after three wins after three losses you were basically cut but then they were like oh well maybe like a couple of the top players that had three losses will make the top 32 so that's when everything started like really kicking in and like being super competitive and you saw it on everyone's face which was like it was fun like i'm not gonna lie i i i will say this now and i am sorry for the people that i beat but uh taking you out almost made my night like it was great like you just saw the competition and it was like after when you had three losses, you just went in there like, I'm here to end your night. I'm sorry. I'm here to t- like take top cut from you. And that's what it felt like. And like one of the guys, as soon as he sat down, he just like sat down. He was just like, I can't take another loss. I can't take another loss. I'm trying to top cut. And like, I just kind of looked up and I was like, oh, me too. And then we just started playing. It felt like the generic like Pokemon trainer running into each other. And then I beat him. And like I didn't feel I, I don't feel bad for winning, but like it really showed you just like, oh yeah, like this is it. Like you're going for the throat. I I, I think I endeavored him like with Lycanroc. I just endeavored and sand shaped him to death. And I it, it was great. It was great. I can't say that I feel bad about it. I, let me just say something real quick that you guys can totally cut out, but I think it's pronounced Endeavor, and I just want you to know that. It could be Endeavor. You, you can try to re-say that last sentence if you want. No. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm, no. You can, you can leave this in, too. No. Endeavor, Endeavor, whatever. <laughs> Um, if you watch, if you watch my hero academia, the, hero, the the hero's name is Endeavor, so it's Endeavor. I see. Okay, well that explains it then. That makes, yeah, it makes, yeah. Sense. It makes it makes sense, right? I'm officially wrong. Well, anyway, uh, well, cool. I'm, you know, that's. It seems like by the end of it, it was an enjoyable experience for you both. Would you agree? Yeah, I would say that on the opposite end of the spectrum for people who had already definitely knock a top cut, that it was a really, um, like, friendly crowd. Everybody there was not taking it too seriously anymore, and they had also not gone home because they weren't top cutting. So it was just people left who were just trying to have a good time, and uh, shout out to those people. Yeah, no, it was definitely fun. Like, I, I'm happy that I stayed throughout the the whole 10 even after losing like because after the lose streak i was like i was beat down i was just like I, do i want to keep doing this and the, like because i had like spicer there you know i met high res king there also meeting people from the discord was pretty nice but um yeah definitely it, if it wasn't for them i probably wouldn't have stayed so i'm glad that i got to meet up with people there i stayed the whole night you know we all look like we just like came out of a war zone and uh, it was fun, though. It was fun. I can't say it wasn't. Cool. Shout out again to High Res King, because it just felt like we'd been friends for years, and he was a cool guy. Nice. That's always that's always cool when that when that sort of thing works out. Um, but cool. Let's uh, let's move on then to looking forward. What we 
look what we see or what we predict is going to be some of the changes based on the the top performers and the, the top finishers of the tournament. So, of course, there at number one, uh, we had Jaystock Lee um, with the very special, you know, Garganacle Poison team with Goldango, Baxcalibur, the Aqua or Water Breed, Tauros, Mimikyu, and of course the Meowskarata. This one was Overgrow with Focus Sash as opposed to Protein, uh, which we saw on some of the other ones. In number in second place, we saw a Palmot with uh, Fake Out, Double Shot, Close Combat, Revival Blessing. Revival Blessing, very cool. That was something that I had called out that were we going to see Palmod finally get used? And it did see play, you know, to make it to number two. And of course, this was the Dondozo team. This was the speed boosting Tatsugiri, uh, the stretchy or the yellow version. So every time that order up was used, it got a little bit faster, which I think people were really figuring out was the way to go because then you started to outspeed things in Tailwind as opposed to being slower than them at plus two. And since you already had plus two attack, you didn't really need anything more than that, which I think was a good call. Yeah, G-Sock is a genius. <clears throat> I, I do notice that the stretchy one is used more. I think there's one of the, you know, the basic one. But Yeah, that one is the the curly version. It's the orange. It boosts attack. Yeah, there's uh, there's two stretchy, one curly, and then which one's the red one? Because there's one one person using the red one, which was actually kind of cool. I have no idea. I'm not a Don Bozo. That's called the droopy one. Droopy. Yeah, it's like pink. But also, too, and, and like sort of speaking to last week's episode, Haldan Tauros was all over the place. Sempra really hit the nail on the head there. We saw a ton of the water. The water version was all over the place. It was on three of the top eight. And then the fire version was on one of the top eight. So um, 50% of the top eight teams had a Paldean Tauros. I mean, Intimidate was great, obviously. And then Mirror Herb was the surprise item for me because maybe I just didn't understand what Mirror Herb did to its full extent, but they were able to just have a more of a bulky Tauros come in, didn't care about Defiant, and then boosted themselves, and then they were faster than everything that they were intimidating with Defiant, so then they were able to attack with, with plus two attack as opposed, as opposed to only plus one, which the Defiant users had. Um, I thought that, that was a, a great call for sure, because they had a lot of, a lot of staying power um, to be able to, you know, mitigate some of those offensive and physical attackers which a lot of the meta is right now whether it's Dondozo or you know Mimikyu, Baxcalibur, Dragonite, Hariyama, King Gambit I mean it's a defiant user but still a lot of physical attackers in the meta right now and the physical bulk of Tauros really helped a lot. I think mirror for intimidate users just in general I think that's going to be a new thing it's it's smart like I'm not going to say it's not uh, yeah, I think that's probably going to be a new medical. Like if Incineroar comes back, you're going to see it with a mirror herb for sure. And it's just, it's not going to be pretty. I've been running mirror herb Gyarados just since San Diego and loving it. You know, it's funny. I've been seeing that a lot on Showdown, just like mirror herb Gyarados, mirror herb Salmons. Uh Yeah, no, it's insane. Like it, it's, it it's such a cool idea. And it's, it's one of those like, it was always like you could have guessed that 
like instead of doing a clear amulet it's like oh well just mirror but the it's genius and speaking of salamence i typically think of salamence as a bulky physical attacker but there did appear to be a salamence in the top four it ended up in number three it was a special salamence with life orb draco meteor hurricane tailwind and protect it was set on a rain team so it was able to get those 100 percent accurate hurricanes um and the steel terror type it became very very bulky defensively does get hit by the ground attacks at that point because it's no longer a flying type but it was still doing a ton of damage and it's a a great option for tailwind as well because it exerts that offensive pressure and offensive support um, that your opponent needs to respect because it's like you know are they going to go for the tailwind or are they going to just blast me away with a draco meteor or a hurricane on this turn and making them make that decision can often be the difference in a win or a loss. Yeah, I've decided that Rain is the most rage-inducing team for me now because of that 30% confusion. Oh my god, you're absolutely right. It's like I... it's worse than paralysis because there's something so infuriating about your Pokemon just hitting itself in the face. And you're just like, come on. Like, dude, don't do this to me now. I like Rain. Like... I, I didn't expect it to make top. I remember everyone was bagging on Rain, like, Rain's not going to do nothing. Rain's not going to make it. Well, guess what? Rain made the top four. Two slots of the top four. So... Yeah, people underestimated Pelipper, in my opinion. A lot of people were like, oh, it's no Politoed, but it gets Tailwind and Wideguard and Hurricane in the rain. Like, I think it's better than Politoed, just saying. Also, I think this is Dreadnought's finally time to shine after uh, it didn't have that in Gen 8. Yeah, do you want to talk about that that Dreadnought team real quick? Because I can't believe that made top four. Like, that's that was such a forgotten Pokemon. It's I can a- believe it. Rock Slide at double speed is pretty good. Get those flinches that infuriate me. Uh, it's my favorite team. Like, out of, the, out of all of them, like... I, I love that team. I, I, I like both rain teams. I'm not even gonna lie, but the, the Dreadnought team, you know, has has Ferrigraph, which is obviously my favorite in general. Uh King Gambit, Hariyama, Pelipper, Dreadnought, Meowskarta. I mean, it's it's just such a cool team. And it's like we saw this earlier, you know, from Spicer, your friend. It, it made top four now, and it's like, dude, I've been trying to make Dreadnought work since gen 8 and now that it's actually working it's like now now it is it's time to shine maybe maybe bear tick is going to get some love you better watch out i'm bringing bear tick yeah okay. shout out to diamond greater than five from the masqueraders where uh first topping in a i don't remember the tournament but with that dreadnought team and then from then on i knew it was a force to be reckoned with uh, some of the other notes in here um, on the sixth and seventh place teams, they both had Gothitelle, which I think is just a, a great, strong Pokemon in the open team sheet format because, you know, if you get trapped in and you don't have the appropriate measures to be able to leave the field because you're not ghost type or you don't have shed shell or U turn, bolt switch, something like that, it doesn't matter if you can predict what's coming because it's going to attack you anyways. 
I think that, you know, there might be something there, especially as we get into series two with the powerhouse Pokemon that we know that are coming, such as Fluttermane, Roaring Moon, maybe paired with a Gothitelle could be very strong to force your opponent to have to deal with that on the field as opposed to swapping out to maybe a, a better alternative. Baxcalibur making it there on the, the winning team, I think is cool. It's the, you know, pseudo legendary of the generation. It's the Kiram equivalent almost with that dragon ice type. Loaded dice, I think is a really cool item. And this one had it, so I was able to get those guaranteed at least four hits with Icicle Spear. Um, just a really cool, really cool team, of course, that GSOC put together. Uh, Goldango all over the place, certainly not surprising. What was surprising, though, is the variety of the sets. Life Orb, Leftovers, Choice Specs, EVs all over the place in various different forms. Um, did you, either of you have a preferred item or set on Goldengo? Uh, I, I like Life Orb because I don't like being locked into Specs. Specs is really strong, though. Uh, but Life Orb, I think, is just the way to go. Yeah, I, I tried Leftovers, too, which is fun. Leftovers is kind of fun. But Life Orb just kind of takes the cake for me. I have never used the string cheese Applejack Sky yet, and uh, not sure I ever will because uh, that's my current incinerorization, and I'm one of those. Fair enough. No, that's that's fair. I mean, there's always going to be Pokemon here and there that's like it just gets so much play that it becomes just played out, you know. So okay, so what do you guys think moving forward? What are some of the lessons that we learned? from San Diego or some of the strategies or some of the Pokemon you think that we're going to be seeing, you know, for the rest of the month and maybe even moving on to the series too. A lot of poison Garganacle is going to come up for sure. Uh, Mimikyu, I think Mimikyu is going to like make a good rise. And then um, everyone knows Tauros. Everyone knows Tauros is going to probably be in the top 10, top five. Um, I, I, I would like to see more experimentation with rain. I think Rain's going to be really cool to see. I, I do think that uh, Salmons is going to get some love. Maybe more Palmat too. So it'll, it'll be cool. It'll be cool. Um, I think Garganical Poison is pretty good as a surprise. But I think more people will be aware of it for now. I think it was a really cool tech choice because you're not just trying to reduce your weaknesses that Garganacle has, you're trying to reduce damage taken from parry attacks, I think. And that's kind of the genius of GSOC's team is uh, that I don't think anybody really saw Poison Garganacle coming, which is why I'm hoping it is our 7-star raid mod to come, but if not, I'm sure everybody's got one in the works that they're trying. I, th I think it was for fighting. Like, I, I don't know, you know, I, oh, I I think it's oh, for fighting resistance though, because I, I try to think about that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, oh no, I, it also it also resists grass, which you're gonna get from Meowscarada. Um, it resists fairy. You know, it resists um, bug. They poison. I mean, poison mono poison specifically is a fantastic defensive type. Yeah, gotta resist bug. You know, there's just too many bugs out there. Hey man, Volcar like Volcarona. And Volcarona and Volcarona, you know, 
it's no but i i do remember trying to close combat him and just right before i think the close combat might have helped me win game two but no he he tear poison and i was just like i'm done i'm done okay that's brilliant um i do want to note that like if you look at the number eight team it's uh giovanni uh he almost has an identical team and uh except the terrors are different the terrors are way different and the items I also want to note that G-Sock is actually, I don't know if anyone else knew about this, but there was a mystery player all over Showdown with like a 93% win rate. Like I think his ELO was like 93.8 or something or 97.8. It might be higher. And uh, it turns out that was actually G-Sock just testing a team right before. And that's how he decided. That's what I heard at least is like, that's G-Sock. GSOC did that and then he decided to use that team. So I think that's pretty cool. Like the mystery player is actually the guy who won regionals. Yeah. I mean, that was mentioned in the team report um, that they essentially said, yeah, I figured out that it got really high on the ladder. So I figured it was a pretty good team. And I think that that definitely proved to be correct. But cool. Anything else that you guys wanted to touch on with San Diego in the recap or? Any memories or anything like that? Um, it was really cool meeting everyone from the Discord server. You know, there was Alex123, there was Azulite, Hi-Rez King, uh, Saber Savage. Uh, you know, it was really cool meeting all you guys. Um, hopefully we get to do it again at another regionals or nationals. Uh, my best advice for anyone going to a regionals is it is a long time. We were there for like 12 hours. Bring snacks, you know, bring snacks, bring water. It, it, yeah. It gets very tiring, even though you're just sitting down playing a game. Yeah, no, it wears you out. Like, there's so much stress that my best advice is bring a snack and uh, have fun. Don't let it get to you. Shout out to Bobby and Gilbert, who are, who are really cool guys. That's it. Cool. Very cool. Well, thank you both for coming on. Like I said, always a pleasure to have you. Uh, so yes, touched on a little bit there. Of course, be sure to check out the Discord server VGC Trainer School. Make sure, uh, the Discord link is there in the description of the episode. Um, also, you know, let us know what are you excited for for Series Two. You can send those into the email at trainersschoolpodcast at gmail.com, Also included in the show description. Um, very excited to get into series two. I know that, you know, series one feels like it kind of just got going and we'll see how Liverpool is before we switch gears entirely for Orlando and the, the latter in February. But thank you again for listening. I hope you all enjoyed. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. So I've been Jake with me has been Tony. Hasta la fuego. And of course, Spicer. Get wrecked and goodbye. Thank you again, everybody. Class dismissed. I don't know if hasta la fuego is actually a thing. I don't think it is. It's like it's like it's like it's like goodbye fire. Yeah, arrivederci. I liked it. Keep it in. <laughs>